This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville was apparently dining with Donald Trump within hours of Trump showing up at a Miami courthouse to enter a not guilty plea to federal charges of mishandling classified documents. Tuberville is pictured at a table with both Donald Trump and Trump's adult son, Eric. Tuberville was engaged in activities at Trump's New Jersey Golf Club, which also happened to be a Trump campaign fundraiser with Trump raising over $2 million from donors that were in attendance of that dinner. When it comes to Donald Trump in Alabama, the Alabama Republican Party has now officially set the time, date, and place for when he will be visiting this state. The event will be this August 3rd at the Renaissance Hotel in Montgomery. Tickets are already on sale. Predicted severe weather has now brought reports of damaging winds and tornadoes in Abbeville, which is in the Wiregrass region. There are signs that a tornado struck there. Videos are emerging of downed trees and damaged homes. Also in Eufaula, similar storm damage is being reported with photos to prove it. The Southern Baptist Convention members have voted to give Texas Pastor Bart Barber another one-year term to head up the SBC as president. 68% of the voting messengers chose Barber, 31% did not. Georgia Pastor Mike Stone says that he agreed to be nominated to challenge Barber for this position so that he could raise concerns about the finances within the SBC as well as the sex abuse reforms. Barber said that he was agreeing to run for another term in order to continue the initiatives that were started in his first term on the sex abuse reforms. Barber is currently the pastor at the First Baptist Church in Farmersville. Also, leadership within three churches appealed their case before the SBC leadership on Tuesday. Those churches were removed from fellowship from the SBC due to their ordination of women as pastors. This also included Saddleback Community Church in California, with former senior pastor of Saddleback Church Rick Warren attending the SBC conference to take part in that appeal. Warren said he was not asking the SBC to change their doctrine on women pastors, but to agree to disagree on this doctrinal point in order to share a common mission together. Southern Seminary President Al Mohler reminded the messengers that the SBC is about friendly cooperation and not invading the autonomy of the local church. But with that, he also said that the issue of women serving in the pastorate is an issue of fundamental authority of the Bible, not just the doctrine within the SBC. The vote to uphold the dismissal of Saddleback Community Church came in at 88%. The City Council of Tuscaloosa has moved from considering a proposal to actually drafting an ordinance that would put a moratorium on any new bar starting up in that city until the end of this year. The City Council is seeking to alleviate the strain that is being put on the Tuscaloosa Police Department to provide the necessary patrols and public safety during the time that the current bars are open and operating. Police Chief Brent Blankley says that he is also seeking to fill 32 vacancies within that department. 15 of those will be filled soon when training is completed of the new officers. The current officers are working on the strip in Tuscaloosa on the weekends and are already doing mandated overtime. Blankley says his department does not need any more bars being added to this mix. The Ross Bridge Golf Course outside of Birmingham announces that they will be opening up for the game this coming October. This move comes after a chemical mix-up occurred last September by one of the groundskeeping crew members, which caused 14 of the 18 greens to be chemically destroyed as they were in the process of changing those greens. The Ross Bridge Golf Course is part of the Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. 
In national news, the name is now out when it comes to who is the FBI confidential informant who was interviewed and recorded on a document that the House Oversight Committee has now seen and investigated. That person is the former Ukrainian minister, Mykola Zolchevsky. He is the former founder of Burisma Holdings out of Ukraine. Zelchevsky is a name that American media will need to start getting familiar with because he is the one who claims to have 17 audio recordings of his conversation with both Joe and Hunter Biden. Those audio recordings were of negotiations that resulted in Burisma giving the Biden family $5 million while Biden was vice president in order to get Biden's help as vice president in removing a Ukrainian investigator. Victor Shokin was the investigator who was looking into the business dealings of Zolchevsky and Burisma. Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley revealed this week the existence of these recordings. Other members of the House Oversight Committee have now come forth and identified Zolchevsky as the FBI informant. Now exactly where Chalvesky is in 2023 is a mystery. He tried to obtain citizenship to the island of Cyprus back in 2017 in order to leave Ukraine. But also keep in mind that Ukraine was invaded by Russia in 2022 and a lot of death and destruction has occurred in the name of war. So there's no telling if Zolchevsky is alive or dead at this point or where those audio recordings are. Meanwhile, the U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland is focusing on Donald Trump and his indictment over mishandling of documents after he left the White House. Garland praised the prosecutor, Jack Smith, who recently issued 37 federal indictments against Trump, leading Trump to head to the Miami courthouse this past Tuesday. Mr. Smith is a veteran career prosecutor. He has assembled a group of experienced and talented prosecutors and agents who share his commitment to integrity and the rule of law. The federal prosecutor that Garland is referring to, Jack Smith, served under the Obama administration and Attorney General Eric Holder at the time. Smith has a history of over-prosecuting Republicans, including Virginia Governor Bob McDonnell, whose case was unanimously overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court, as reported by the Washington Examiner. Smith is also married to a documentary producer. Katie Chavigny produced a movie about Michelle Obama called Becoming, and she also donated to the Biden presidential campaign. Trump spoke from his golf club in New Jersey about Smith and the charges against him. And this is why no other president, even those who kept far more documents than I, has ever been even investigated, let alone charged with a crime. Because the sham indictment put forward by the Biden administration included staged photographs of boxes at Mar-a-Lago, many people have asked me why I had these boxes. Why did you want them? The answer, in addition to having every right under the Presidential Records Act, is that these boxes were containing all types of personal belongings, many, many things. Ohio Senator J.D. Vance appears to be taking a play from Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville's playbook. Vance has now announced that he plans to block all judicial nominees going through Senate committee to the Department of Justice, and he's doing so due to the indictment that the DOJ has issued against Trump. Vance posted a video from Washington, D.C. to explain this decision. And I've heard from a lot of people that they're so frustrated, as I am, with the fact that Merrick Garland has used the Department of Justice for politics instead of law. And I think it's time we stop just whining about this problem and debating this problem and actually do something about it. So I've announced today that I will be holding all Department of Justice nominees that Merrick Garland will use if confirmed not to enforce the law impartially, which is his duty, but clearly to harass his political opponents. I think that we have to grind this department to a halt until Merrick Garland promises to do his job and stop going after his political opponents. 
And there's an interesting legal development for a woman in New Jersey who sued her former employer, Starbucks. Shannon Phillips claimed that she was fired because she was white and that this violated her civil rights. A jury has awarded Phillips $25 million in damages for this case. Phillips' case stems back to 2018 when she oversaw several Philadelphia Starbucks, and in one of those stores, the manager there refused to let two black men use the restroom while they waited for a meeting since the two men had not purchased a coffee. Police were called into the situation. This brought about immediate media headlines and public outrage. Starbucks' higher management actually closed down all of its stores in order to conduct a re-education of their employees about racial bias. Phillips maintained in her case that Starbucks then went on a firing campaign of all their white managers in a way that was clearly punitive and and race-related. The jury apparently agreed with Phillips and her argument this week. There's some also incredibly shocking data that is coming to light from Pfizer Pharmaceutical when it comes to their COVID-19 vaccine and their adverse reactions. The U.S. mainstream media is not bringing this to Americans' attention. However, the adverse event listing by Pfizer is now being made known as a result of the European Union Medicine Agency requesting and then receiving those documents. They're the ones making it public. We now know that there were over 1.6 million adverse events that occurred in those who got the Pfizer jab, and the extent of those injuries were so diverse that Pfizer had to create 10,000 categories to file the reactions. This included rare vascular disorders, nervous system disorders, eye disorders, ear disorders, severe tinnitus, tissue, breast reproductive disorders, benign and malignant tumors, and even psychiatric disorders that have also been observed and researched by Dr. Peter McCullough out of Texas. Speaking of McCullough, here he is testifying further to a state Senate panel in Pennsylvania regarding the COVID-19 vaccine, big pharma, and government health agencies. Pfizer, Moderna, and the other manufacturers, by obligation, kept records for 90 days after release of their vaccine, by regulatory obligation. None of them voluntarily disclosed their data to the U.S. public. They did to the FDA. And under court order, after many, many months, Pfizer was forced to release their data that the FDA knew about. In fact, the lawyer for the FDA wanted to block this information for 55 years to the American public. This is prima facie evidence that the FDA is involved in a drug safety cover-up. What we learned from that dossier is that Pfizer knew about 1,223 deaths within 90 days of their vaccine. Sometimes many patients on the same day they took it or a few days afterwards. It exactly matched the early data in VAERS. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of The Daily Detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 